and welcome to Living Business, a podcast with me, Sophie KD, a business mentor helping people do business in a more conscious way that promotes the well-being of the human. And her, my beautiful <laughs> co-host. <laughs> Hi everyone, I'm Rachel. I'm the founder of Breath Body Earth Yoga School. We run transformational yoga trainings all over the world. I'm also a somatic educator, embodiment coach, and birth and postnatal doula. Hi, so. Woo! Woo! Hello. <laughs> How are you this week? Mm, yeah, I'm good. I'm feeling uh, much lighter uh, this week because I made the decision on Tuesday night to strip my work back to the basics and basically work at like 40% capacity. Um, 40% capacity, is that what I mean? Basically like reduce my working to 40% of what I was doing previously. And it's just given me so much space and um, time of course, but really I felt like I had been putting pressure on myself every day I was sort of waking up and being like uh I need to work I need to be successful I need to do this and um it was getting so much you know that I'd like forgotten that I was an actual human <laughs> I thought mm. I just need to wake up and do this work um and so yeah I stripped it back to the sort of winter winter function where I'm only servicing my clients. I'm not trying to create any new offers. I'm not trying to market anything new. I'm not trying to sell anything new. And instead I'm taking this extra time to connect with myself, to find joy in my life. And, um, you know, really that space that I've created has allowed me to pick up other things that are really, I just feel like I've, I'm creating, I'm creating this cocoon, this environment for the next iteration of Sophie KD um, in my work so yeah I feel I feel lighter I feel happier working less yeah I can hear it also in your voice and your way of being like you have become a slow CEO which is the name basically of your of your brand can we call it that yeah it is my brand yeah I know shock horror the slow CEO finally takes her own advice and slows down <laughs> <laughs> and I was so reluctant to for so long because it's this societal conditioning you know like you must work five days a week you must be constantly you know striving and it's the exact thing that I teach is you know to unlearn that and to do things in a way that is unique to you that that you know for me to find a way that gets the best out of me and if getting the best out of me is creating some space for me to breathe and for me to reconnect with myself for new ideas to come through and to find new energy then that's what I'm doing so yeah it felt really brave but I'm loving it I'm so happy to hear you say all of this because you know, I've known you for a long time and you've always been a hustler. Like it's always been like, how hard can I grind? How much can I do? Not just for you, but for everyone around you. I think I've seen you burn out multiple times yeah. and I've witnessed your journey like all through that to this point where you're like, I'm just gonna not do that now. And you feel joyful about it. Such a huge transformation. Mm, 
yeah it still feels sort of like interesting i i don't know who i don't know who i am anymore <laughs> i don't like i obviously did identify with like you know working hard and hustling and getting stuff done and whatever and then i went so far that way that i swung the other way of like just be just slow down stop and just be a human being rather than a human doing yes. and as i um, in you know growing my business I do find myself hustling and burning out even now you know creating the slow CEO I burn out in the creation of it and you know was working late nights and then got ill and it's like yeah I'm sort of I'm still finding I'm, I'm like a little uh, pendulum swinging and I'm losing the momentum and I'm hoping that at some point I'll find a balance that works for me um, and so right now I'm in the, the slow phase. So we'll see. I love that. Hmm. And a healer yeah. once said to me that to be in balance, you have to be always slightly tipping the scales mm. because otherwise you're stagnant. So it's always like a bit this way and a bit the other way. And that tipping of the scales creates movement forwards. We're not oh, striving to be, right? I know it, it changed my life when she told me, but we're not striving mm. to be like, stuck in the middle because then we're missing out on the flow of life as well so it's like maybe sometimes we do too much and then we do a bit less and then we're like just kind of flowing through life in this kind yeah. of <laughs> yeah I love that I hear that so much and I think sometimes people can get stuck in one way so for example my journey was really like working a lot and then I went the other way where I was like really slow and I thought that that was the way to be um and actually you get stuck there as well like that's not fun either you know we need this and I mean in yoga there's this the one of the sutras is a balance of effort and ease and like that is again what I think I try to find but there is this like toing and froing and it gets less I think as you as you make those big swings you know it's like one of those literally like a pendulum eventually it starts to lose momentum and, and who knows yeah and it's not even just the balance between effort and ease it literally says like do just enough effort and mm. then everything else is ease it's like just enough effort to do what you need to do and to be present while you're doing it and everything else must be easeful I love that mm. sutra. It's one of my favorite ones. Mm. Same. It's like, chill out, everyone. Mm. <laughs> You're doing too much. Let's, Let's change the name of the podcast to Chill Out, everyone. <laughs> um, how are you? How's your week um, been? You know, I'm also feeling really great today. I We had a, a call the other day to talk about marketing and stuff. And just to give everyone a little backstory. We have this 300-hour yoga training coming up in April in Panama. And uh, we had three people signed up, my um, business partner and uh, another really good friend of ours, Melissa, is about to go into silence for two months because she's crazy <laughs> and dedicated. <laughs> um, so she's going to go into silence and, and I was going to be kind of left with with you know the marketing stuff i mean she's also going to be stressing about it in silence so it's also like not good for her um worse i think to not be able to do anything uh, but yeah. i was going to be you know doing all the marketing pushing all the things and we just weren't 
no one was really biting, you know. Panama was on the no travel list for a lot of last year because there was some political unrest and it's a, you know, a high ticket event, you could say. It's four weeks at this beautiful retreat center. Um, so it's, you know, costs a fair bit of money to go and to spend four weeks there and continue your yoga education. Um, and I was just stressing about it. Like I said to you, I was just like, I don't know what to do. I don't, I've tried, you know, I've done all the newsletters. We've got the ads going. I'm reaching out to people. I'm, you know, posting like it's just, and no one is biting. And we had a chat and we were going through marketing strategies. And then at the end of the call, you said to me, you started talking about your work stuff and you were like, yeah, I'm just not really going to do anything right now. I'm just going to have my clients and go from there. And it was honestly like a light bulb went off in my brain. Uh, and I got off that call and I messaged Melissa and I was like, we need to postpone this training. Oh, and, wow. You postponed it. Yeah. Breaking news. I hadn't even told you yet. Yeah. And yeah. at first, like, you know, let's give it a couple more weeks and we'll see. And I was like, you know, intuition doesn't struggle. And when mm. I feel that decision of like, let's postpone, there's no counter argument right? Like my body is just like, yes, let's just postpone it. Like, thank you for finally realizing that. Um, and logically, I should be, you know, freaking out like, well, that was going to be a big income for me, you know, that's, you know, income for the summer, that's uh, where I'm going to focus my energy, you know, there could be a whole story of like, oh, no, I failed because we've had to postpone, but actually none of that is there. I just feel so deeply that it's the right thing. So we messaged the owner yesterday. We've pushed it back to February 2025. And that also means when she comes out of silence, because she was going to come out of two months, literally on the side of the mountain on her own, and three weeks later be running this program that she wouldn't even mm. know was going to be running. Wow. Um, now she can come out and integrate and enjoy her time with her partner before she has to leave again and just in her life. And I can focus on uh, getting some somatic and embodiment work going, sorting out, finishing finally my doula studies and starting to work mm. on, on that side of my career and that side of my purpose as well. Um, and it just feels so right. And since I made that decision, I just feel so light as well. Like it's a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. So I'm very happy about oh, that. Oh my God. Go you. I didn't realize. Yeah. I, like you said, intuition doesn't struggle. And like sometimes when we're forcing things so much, it's just like, is this really the way that we want to be going? Like, is this and. I listened to a really interesting uh, talk with Simone Soul and uh, what's her name? Something Garcia. Anyway, and it was basically about like death in business. What needs to die? Mm. And we resist letting things go because we are, we are re resistant to death in our society. Whereas actually when you can let things go, it creates space. Like me allowing my marketing new sales new offerings to die and you allowing your 300 hour this year to die it's like oh what space is that created like not least within ourselves but within our business mm -hmm. and the trust too like trust is such a key piece because before mm. we would have both been grasping out of survival you know i have to run this i have to get more clients i have to create new programs or how am i going to survive and now there's such a deep sense of like, I'm going to be fine. 
I'm yeah. actually going to be okay, whatever happens. And that's something I don't know about you, but it's quite new for me. Mm, I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's something that I ebb in and out of, of feeling that trust. And it's definitely something that I think I can cultivate more of. I think it, it takes like an active cultivation of being like, no, I trust that everything will work out okay. And an unlearning of this scarcity mindset of like, no, I'm not gonna, like, you know, the reason that I was pressurizing myself each day when I was waking up before I stopped working as much was because I thought, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm not successful enough. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough clients. I don't have a big enough brand. And it's like, I don't have enough. I don't have enough. I don't have enough. Once I pulled that back, I literally, genuinely, without even trying, went, oh, I actually do have enough. I do have enough money to, to live with, you know, these clients that I have. I do, and everything was like, oh yeah, I do have enough, but we have to turn off this, like, I don't have enough narrative because it lives inside so much in this society, in this world. Yeah, it's so deeply ingrained. Mm. And I was talking about this on the training I was running on Sunday. Um, the, I've been running a week uh, yoga training here on the island, but it's one day a week, so it's spread out over a few months. Um, and we were talking about this principle in yogic philosophy called asteya. And asteya is defined as non-stealing, but it's not just that. It's also unlearning scarcity. This is basically what that whole concept is about. It's about mm. trusting in the abundance of life, like trusting that you're always going to have what you need. And that might not be what you want, right? <laughs> but if the things mm. that you want fall away, it's like, okay, how, well, not even how, but just trusting that that is for a reason beyond what I can understand in this moment. Mm. Yeah. And it's, yeah, such a big, such a, so much work to to get through that thought of like i need to have more you know i need to have the most or we're always comparing ourselves to other people as well like if i was to give i don't remember where i heard this but i heard it from someone it's not my own thing but if i was to give you like ten thousand pounds you'd probably be like yeah this is awesome but if i gave you ten thousand pounds and i gave the rest of our friends a million pounds you'd be like well this is really unfair Mm -hmm. um, we're always we're not looking at what we have we're comparing it to others and we're comparing it to to what other people have and basing our worth off that whereas if I actually just look at what I have you know okay yeah. I don't have a car I don't have like you know I'm not earning like what my friends in London are earning yet I have enough I have a life that's full of richness um, I'm mm. never really wanting and if I mm -hmm. sit in that Comparison, then it's so easy to feel like oh no I'm failing but if I actually look at what's in front of me and I look at the evidence of my lived experience so far it's like I've always had enough yeah yeah it's interesting the uh the that evidence piece as well like there was some something I listened to about last year now and it was about um sometimes like when you rewire your money beliefs changing things really drastically you know how you might have a, a a program or a belief or something in your voice that says something in your 
mind that says you can't afford this and it's like the opposite can sometimes people say really wacky things like I have 10 times the amount and I'll be able to afford this tomorrow or something really like out there where and actually that doesn't feel quite right and so something that something as simple as just like I have received I am receiving and I will receive like that is the truth <laughs> you know like we if you look at the evidence that is just the absolute you know we've always been okay and we've always managed um yeah this feeling of and I think it is work, you know, say we didn't have to work and we could just live how we have been, you know, how we study in yoga or how a lot of sort of new age spirituality teaches. It's this sort of be grateful for what we have, um, be present in the moment and really just feel that joy and live from this space. Whereas work is kind of the opposite it's kind of like you always want more you don't have enough um look ahead plan ahead and there's this like separation between who we feel we are and what we really deeply resonate with in this like philosophical way of being and our our like our way of being in the world or maybe not our way but our means of being in the world is a business and that approach, that philosophy to business is just so in contrast with this way that we really deeply resonate with. And that's, I really just feel, I mean, that's kind of what this podcast is about. This is what me and you believe in and agree on so much. And what I really try to spread in my work is bringing this way of being into this means of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah and that like the comparison i'm actually reading a book since i since i decided that the literally about the moment i decided that i wasn't gonna work as much as i was i looked over to my bookcase and there's these few books i've been wanting to read for a while and one of them was uh the soul of money and they just because my head every single thought has just been you know like how can i do more and be more successful and earn more money there was just no space. There was not even a, a consideration to read that, you know, just another thing on the to-do list. Oh, and I've got to read that book, but I have no time. Whereas once I decided not to do this, I looked at that book. I was like, oh, and I picked it up straight away. So I was like, I have the time now. I have the space. And I started reading it and it was really, it's just really great. And it was like, you know, even people, even billionaires feel this scarcity. Even they feel like they don't have enough. Even they're comparing themselves because they maybe had you know, a 60 million pounds month last month, but they see their friend who they go, who, you know, is in their inner circle and they made a 60 million deal just yesterday, you know? And it's like that we're always, whatever circle we're in, whatever socioeconomic status we're in, there's always people that have more. There's always reason to believe that we don't have enough. And so that will never go away. You know, even when when you're a millionaire and billionaire, you'll always believe that you don't have enough. Mm-hmm. That journey will ne- will never end. Mm. You know, whatever it is that you're in pursuit of, like if it's you want more money or you want to be the best swimmer or the best at violin or whatever, you know, there's always always going to be someone better than you. And even if you get to the top of your game, even if you're the best swimmer in the whole world 
you're going to get old and someone else is going to be better than you. Someone else is going to beat your record. So if we're always looking to that, we're always going to end up disappointed at some point, you know, Mm -hmm. that journey, that cycle never ends until we stop and we say, actually, I'm enough. Like as I am right now in this moment with all of my messiness and the goals that I have still yet to achieve and things that I would have done differently, even with all of that, I'm enough. And that, everyone, is a game changer. Mm. And you're so right. It it never, I don't think the, do you think that we'll ever be able to just reprogram it and be done? Because I, but I, my understanding from my this current situation, this current standpoint of my life, is that I think that will always, you know, we live in this society where scarcity is the sort of the the default um, view that we have, and so we'll always be, for as long as we live in this society, we'll always be pulled into this comparison and this scarcity, and it's a constant rewiring, a constant remembering and coming back to trusting that that is enough and that you will be okay. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if it will happen in our lifetime, but I mm. think if we can do the work to move the needle along for future people so it becomes a little bit easier for them, then we're setting up for hope in the future. I really have hope. I think mm. a lot of it, we'd really have to design the way that we relate to nature. Like, for example, there's too many people taking too many, much more than they need in the world, and we're depleting the Earth's resources, right? Like, that Mm -hmm. is something huge that would have to change for this reality to be manifested. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it will be in our lifetime. I don't know if we'll have to go through some kind of big change collectively. Actually, I think we probably do have to go through a big change collectively, Um, but my goal is just to move the needle on a little bit. You know, if I can make Mm. like one millimeter of a difference in this lifetime, then I will, I'm happy with that progress. Mm. Um, what is the two questions? What is the big shift that you see in humanity that you think needs to change? And what is your one millimeter contribution to it the big shift is (laughs) is, um, remembering our interconnectedness it's something that we've we've forgotten we've been cut off from each other we've been cut off from the earth we've you know and logically we can see it now we can we know logically if there are no fish left in the ocean we're all gonna die like we know that but we really need to be able to feel it we really need to be able to go outside to put our feet on the earth, to take a breath of air into our lungs and remember, I'm part of this, I come from this. Mm. And we have to do that collectively, otherwise, yeah, I I don't know what will happen, but I think everything that is happening now is shaking us up to go back into that remembrance. Like it's not something new. There are still tribes and groups of people around the world that live in that remembrance, you know, like I've met tribe members from the Amazon and they live in that remembrance they're not Mm -hmm. they don't see themselves as separate from the earth or from their ancestors and Mm -hmm. they don't have the problems that we have in what we might call civilized society Mm -hmm. Um, and in response to your second question in my contribution is 
getting people to feel that aliveness within themselves. Um, I think I mentioned on one of the, I think it was on our first pod episode, I mentioned that the first time when I was 19 years old, someone was like, yeah, how are you feeling in your body? And I was like, my what? (laughs) I have have a a body. (laughs) It was like a huge thing. I'd been a floating head for the first like two decades of my life. Um, And I was like, oh my God, yes, I'm alive. Like there's a sense of aliveness, of, of vibrancy. I don't know if that's a word that's within me that that is part of this whole. And so my work is to get people connected to that. I think it's the most important resource that we no longer have access to is our own essence, our own aliveness. Mm, Love that. And how do you do that? How do you, what's your, you know, if you, if people are listening and thinking, how do I experience that? What Mm. would you say? I would say, and I think this is a tip that I got from you, is that you start by slowing down. Start by slowing down, right? Like you start Mm. by creating space. You're not going to have time to sense that, to feel that if you're filling your time, if you're always reaching for something, you know, like, oh, it's quiet. Let me put on a Netflix episode or, you know, how can I fill my time? We have to stop doing that first. Yeah. Yeah. And then once you've done that, I think it's just realizing that there is life around you, that you are life, like unfolding and to be present for and witness to all of that rather than feeling like you're only living if you're doing something right Mm. it's that um yeah real awareness that actually there is something greater than what your mind can conceive yeah totally and you get a glimpse of it, you know, if you like take some mushrooms or whatever. But the point mm. is to be able to get that glimpse on your own, like to expand your awareness enough to be able to see that without the use of some other substance. Mm. And a different question, which I don't know if you'll have the right answer to. <laughs> I don't think there is a right answer. <laughs> But, you know, we say like this collective shift in humanity, but actually humanity is so polarized and there is so much division, you know, more so now than, well, a lot more now than in recent history. Um, So what happens, you know, because I'm sure the people listening to this are probably more hippie than Trump supporters but what about the Trump supporters you know what about the people that um, are completely fixated with capitalism consumerism exploiting the earth's resources you know only living for today and not worrying about the effect on the earth or their fellow humans what do you think will happen yeah we just got to love each other man that's my question. Um, no, I have a I have a long answer. This is your. This is not the first time I've been asked this question. Um, mm-hmm. I've been asked it many times, actually. Uh, you think the way that you think, because of a very specific set of circumstances, 
including the culture you were born into, your parents, your bloodline, the way you were raised, all of the things that have happened in your life, your specific set of conditioning and programming has led you to think the way that you think. And Mm -hmm. that is true for absolutely everyone on the planet. Behind that, we're all the same essence. Behind that, we're all the same spirit. And part of the work is being able to see that spirit in the people that you disagree with, in the Trump supporters, in the people that are like raging capitalists that would, you know, exploit everyone. And it's hard, right? Like, even as I'm saying it, there's resistance coming up in me where I'm like, no, fuck them all. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the work. It's like, can I constantly remind myself that that person is only that way because of their experiences and the more work I do on myself the less polarized 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 (laughs) is that the word the less polarized I can make myself the less polarity there is overall Mm. right because if I if I am so strong in my view of like I do not like people that have this political view Everything Mm -hmm. works in opposites. So there's going to be someone that's exactly opposite to me saying, well, I don't like people like you that hold this political view. So Mm -hmm. the more work I can do to unpolarize myself, then actually you're doing that also for the collective as well. And the more Mm. and more people that can do that, it's not about taking sides. Like we're one human race, right? Like we should really ideally all be working towards the same goal, which is sustainability and conservation of of Mm. the beautiful planet that we call home Mm. um we need to unpolarize ourselves Mm. love that because making the biggest way to make a change in the world that you see is to make the change within yourself first yes and it is so true because then once you can accept and you know what well once you find tolerance and then once you find acceptance for everyone then you emit that and that that then gets emit emitted back to you and slowly it ripples um yeah love that answer thanks and i would even go as far as to say sorry that actually the you only have to work on yourself yeah like that is the only Mm. real change that we can certainly make is change on ourselves. So, and it's so much easier to point outside and be like, well, that's wrong and that's wrong and that's wrong and that's wrong. Instead of actually looking at our own self and being like, well, how can I be better? How can I be more compassionate? How can I be kinder? And how does Mm. that affect the people around me? Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Like I remember being on one of your, well, your most recent yoga teacher trainings and assisting in a, not your most recent one, the most recent one that I did in Guatemala last February and teach, and you were sharing, you and Melissa were sharing some of the, uh, oh, the yamas and the niyamas, like basically how to, you know, qualities to cultivate uh, in yourself or to sort of watch in yourself. And, you know, like you mentioned, non-stealing, like there's um, truthfulness and um, non-violence, all these sorts of things. And it's really interesting to watch the students go, put their hand up and be like, yeah, my sister is honestly the most violent person I've ever, you know, like she'll say these things and she would be so judgmental when 
someone else will be like yeah there's this person at school who just steals all the time and or whatever it is and it is kind of I don't know whether it's human nature but it's definitely the way that a lot of us are is to kind of point outside of ourselves and be like this is all wrong rather than turn it inside of ourselves and be like hmm <laughs> what is out of you know and it's kind of, it's easier to see things as an external right because you you've got this I don't know different point of view but really there's so much power when you just shift that perspective and turn it inside on ourselves mm-hmm. yeah it's it's much easier to look outside because your ego doesn't want to be seen <laughs> It's like, don't see me. Let me continue to control your whole life. Like, it's just hiding behind what you think about other people. But um, I want to ask you a question because I feel like you asked me loads of questions and now I want to ask you a question. But it's a bit of a personal (laughs) question. Okay. Do you love me? I'm joking. (laughs) Easy. Nope. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Love is a strong word. I love you dearly. Now I'm heartbroken. Oh, thank you. Um, you The question is, since you've been doing this work and you've been on this path, what Mm. changes have you seen in the people around you? If you have seen it. That is a good question. Um, Well, I think probably the biggest change is the partner that I've attracted. You know, like I think realizing that there was so much um I guess before when I was single and I was looking for a boyfriend and looking for love I'd be like oh they're all x y and z and you know now I'm never gonna find someone that like fits the bill and then I was like oh how can I cultivate these qualities myself and you know work on myself and trust that there is enough like you know there was just this sort of yeah trust and and working on myself um and I think then I found Kian my boyfriend who sort of met those qualities that I was before um sort of I don't know I think I was a bit more unconscious and a bit blamey of the opposite sex and then when I took responsibility about my own self and the way I was being then that that sort of attracted someone who was on my own wavelength um so I think that's probably like the biggest the biggest shift and then the people around me hmm I don't know because I I can think of you know my my family and some friends who don't re- are not really on this same path and I don't see it reflected back to me and yeah but actually I think I think I see a lot of and whether this is me the work that I'm doing or whether this is just the trend of um I guess working on yourself personal development yoga spirituality taking off more but I feel like I can have deeper conversations with my friends around me more because I think that's probably it it's the depth it's that like level of connection and and um agreeing on this like shared sense of oh we all come from the same place we're all the same we're all the same Mm -hmm. and that that deeper connection um 
that's actually probably probably it and that sense of real belonging and a bit and more of a community than I had I, I feel that more than I did before I started doing this work on myself I think do you think you were afraid to go deep before yeah I definitely was I remember do you mean going deep within myself or with my friends both and all Mm, I was definitely afraid of going deep within myself. I remember Elise being having a conversation with Elise and her being like, "Why are you afraid?" Or like, "Why don't you want to talk about these things?" And I was like, "It just, it just scared me, you know, like the depth of of myself." And I was like, "I don't want to know what's there." And it's this fear of the unknown. It's like I can't see down there, and so I don't want to go there. And um. I don't know how that event, you know, that slowly sort of unveiled. Actually, I think it's probably like heartbreak and being thrown down there and <laughs> then being like, oh, OK, it's actually pretty shit. But now I can like see what things are. Um, so, yeah, I definitely did have a fear of of like this. I feel like the image that I'm seeing is like the universe and like the night sky, but like inside me. And it was it was that vast and, and it is that vast that I was really scared to explore and then going deep with friends I still am scared of being um you know saying these things because I think people were going to think I'm chatting a load of waffle <laughs> you know like they don't believe the things that I believe and I re actually really let that hold me back because I was listening to a uh you know for example one of the things that I believe or one of on my journey that I've discovered and with a lot of help from you is these emotions that we have and mm. how normal they are and how we can process them using the body and um, something that is uh, like that I've heard that I really like is emotions means energy in motion and for a really long time I thought that is you know I love that but I would you know that 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 sits in the hippie area of my world. I say hippie, like, but I, I just mean, I guess, more like alternative. Um, then, and I, I was listening to this book just on Saturday called Rich Dad Poor Dad, and it is, it is about, um, about how to how to get rich and build wealth, basically. And you know, that's definitely not alternative. It's like one of the best selling books for, um, you know, people who who are. I guess you could say capitalist and you know really like money and he in there says that his rich dad taught him that emotions stands for energy in motion and I was like oh my god like I'm really pigeonholing myself with these things that I learn and afraid to tell people about them because I think that they're going to look at me and think that I am a bit like woo woo and actually I'm I'm pigeonholing myself here because I, I'm I'm scared of being seen as you know a bit a bit out there or a bit like yeah there's definitely some sort of some sort of more work for me to do here. <laughs> that was absolutely epic. <laughs> <laughs> really, that was so good. I'm going to listen to that back. Yeah, it was so good. I love it. Um, sorry for the dog barking. Wow. 
everyone I met my friends and she has this beautiful he's a rescue but he's like definitely got some kind of like hound beagle in him and he likes to howl sometimes um, <laughs> so apologies for that um no I absolutely love that so I think it's such I think that's so that's such relatable content because mm. so many people go through that they're like well I don't want to be ostracized by my peers and my colleagues and my friends because I'm having the this new way of seeing the world that doesn't really fit into this culture that we live in mm-hmm. but you're right like you know thinking of there he goes again thinking of um of emotions as, as energy in motion is not necessarily something that's woo woo no it's it's actually something that probably is going to help a lot of people to to understand that you can just allow emotions to pass through you and you don't have to resist them okay thanks bobby um he's agreeing i think yeah <laughs> yeah woo. <laughs> um i realized this the other day i don't think of myself as woo woo anymore because i've spent so many so much time with people that also are and have like for the last like or you know most of the last decade of my life i've been around a lot of woo woo people and i made a new friend recently she's really really cool i really like her a lot and it was her birthday and i gifted her a little crystal from my altar right and i'm not a crystal girly really like i have a few crystals but like you know doesn't everyone is what my mind was saying <laughs> gifted her this crystal and she's like oh thank you and then later she sent me a message like what is this rock that you've given me <laughs> And I was like, um, <laughs> it's a quartz and like, you know, explaining the little bit that I know about it. And it was her 35th birthday, I think. And she was like, this is my first crystal. And I was like, damn, oh. I am woo woo. You know, mm. like I'm that woman that gifts crystals to people on their birthday. And <laughs> I fucking own it. Like, you know, like I really had this moment of like, I'm, I'm just going to fucking own that. Before I was so afraid of... Mm expressing that side of myself. Um, I remember first showing, I think it was you and another friend of ours, like my first deck of Oracle cards. And it was like, oh, Rachel's spiritual stuff, you know, like it was such, and I, you know, and I I was afraid of of like, oh no, you know, am I still gonna be liked by, by my friends from my whole life because I'm starting to dip my toes more into this. And when she wrote me back, like, you know, this is my first crystal. I was just like, dope. Like that is that mm. was an invitation for her. Like, here's this cute little crystal. It's gonna bring you so much healing vibes in your home and to your life. And I truly believe that and I will be that woo-woo friend until the end. Mm. Love that. The woo-woo friend until the end. Yeah, maybe that's mm. what we call this podcast. <laughs> I love that we've said this twice now where we like, do we not like the name? I don't know, I like I like the name. <laughs> Always an identity crisis, essentially. <laughs> Maybe it will be my autobiography. <laughs> we we friend until the end. Yeah, that's about right. That's yeah. about right. Yeah, I think it's um for me definitely, and I know that this period of like downtime is a bit of an um is an acceptance of myself for who I am and what I have to offer and being woo woo and being like, yeah, this is it. Because I feel like I've been straddling these two worlds of like this business marketing world and this well-being conscious world for a long time. And I'm, I, I guess part of 
part of this time this downtime is to really find how I can marry those two in in a way that feels really authentic and that I can say you know that I can work in both of these worlds rather than feel ashamed for for you know being on on the on that line and I think it is already done like in your expression the way that you express yourself that marriage is already done you know someone I, I feel bad that I'm not giving credit to the people that have told me this but I forget where I get these things from but someone once told me that it's more not so much finding what needs to be done but more like as if you're an architect not an architect what the hell what are the people called that that find dinosaur bones <laughs> <laughs> an archaeologist yeah thank you. <laughs> um, you're more like an archaeologist dusting off the dirt from a dinosaur skeleton that's already there, right? It's not, it doesn't have to go and be assembled. There's nothing to do, but it's just a process of like slowly, slowly dusting it off until it is revealed. Mm. Love that. Same. Thanks. I don't remember who said it. I think it was a mm. dance thing, but it applies to it. <laughs> Yeah, it does. It was like, and on that note, there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm definitely going to go away and dust off my dinosaur bones, <laughs> which is honestly how I feel. I feel like I could do with a really good stretch because at the moment these feel like dinosaur bones that have been fossilized for the last 30,000 years. <laughs> this is what happens oh. when you're about to turn 30, everyone. Yeah. Dinosaur bones. Um, so if you have any questions or any stories or want to email us, you can Instagram us. I'm not on Instagram, so Instagram, Rachel. <laughs> I'm taking a little hiatus. Um, or send us an email to livingbusinesspodcast at gmail.com. Or maybe it's livingbusinesspod at gmail. Livingbusinesspod at gmail.com. Yeah. There you go. Oh, but we love to hear from you. This chat, these chats are so fun. I absolutely love them. And we love to hear from you guys and anything that you want us to touch on, or if you want to come and be a guest on our podcast, we'd be happy to host you. So mm. lots of love, everyone. Yeah. See you next time. Lots of love. Bye.